Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development, entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. In this episode, I'm joined by Randall Henry of Henry Griffiths, providing premier custom fit golf clubs. As you listen to the episode, you'll notice that Randall stresses on their clubs being custom fit to your gameplay, not completely universal like all the other competitors. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Today, I'm joined by Randall Henry of Henry Griffiths. Randall, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me on, Cameron. Of course. Uh, so I'd like to start out with your upbringing. Um, to the listeners out there, uh, it's a golf company. And as I, as I know, your background is really into golf, your father as well. So if you can kind of share your upbringing, what was that like growing up? Such a, a golf-focused upbringing, and what were your aspirations at a young age? Yeah, thanks. I mean, uh, like like you said, I've kind of been in the golf business. I was pretty much born into the golf business. My dad uh, started the company here, Henry Griffiths, which is uh, – uh, in a little town in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, uh, is where we're based and where we still are. Um, so from the time I was walking, I was hitting a golf ball and, uh, out watching my dad, um, teach and, and kind of start the company at that point traveling around. He was also teaching a lot on, uh, all the three major tours. So I'd go to, you know, 20 events a year with him and, uh, he would kind of walk the line, um, giving guys lessons usually um they were playing our clubs and he was teaching them so mm. i'd sit on the end of the range with all the tour players as a five-year-old hitting balls down there and wow. didn't quite know how special it was at the time um wow but i'd be hitting balls on the range and i think everybody in the behind the ropes would be like who's this kid down there just whacking balls and i was lucky enough to have uh you know people like Arnold Palmer and wow. Peachy, and they'd come down and work with me and give me, give me tips and pointers as I was kind of growing up. So, wow, always been in the golf business, part of the golf business, and grew up in in the factory wow. uh, here in Coeur d'Alene, You know, watching clubs get built and kind of going through that process. And now, forty years later, uh, running the company and incredible, having fun with it. I love it. Just a a background for the listeners. If we can back pedal a little bit to 83 when the company launched. Um, what was the inspiration behind Henry Griffiths, especially with your father and his co-founder? Um, that mm-hmm. kind of kicked it off in 83. I'm curious. Yeah. So uh, my dad actually was, he had aspirations and had just got his uh, tour card. So he was going to head out and actually start playing on tour. Mm. Um, he was in his late, mid to late twenties and gotten a, a drunk driver uh, swerved over and he got in a head end head on, uh, collision and was in the mm-hmm. hospital for about a year, year and a half in a full body cast. Wow. Um, so when he got out, he uh, realized that his old clubs weren't working for him anymore and he, his swing had changed, his body had changed and uh, he used to be good enough just to play with whatever was on the rack, which is kind of what everybody does or everybody did at the time. Yeah. And uh, he realized that that's just not going to work for him now and, and it's not going to probably work for a lot of other people. So he tried to go to all the major companies and say, you guys, really, we should start fitting people for golf clubs. Because at that time, nobody was fitting for golf clubs. Mm. Nobody really wanted to do it because it made a lot more sense just to be able to uh, build one thing, put it out there and sell it to everybody. So yeah, uh, my my dad reached out to the local pro at the golf course, Jim Griffiths. Mm. And Jim kind of gave him a little backing uh, with money and gave him a spot to kind of start the company. And they started uh, not only manufacturing, but uh, really creating dynamic fitting, which is 
what we're doing still to this day. I mean, obviously, technology's evolved, the company's evolved, but um, at that point, we had to kind of build it from the ground up, or my dad and, and all the people involved. It's not just my dad. There's so many people involved in the company that yeah. that really kind of laid the groundwork for what fitting is today. Mm. I love that. So kind of jumping forward back to you, yourself. So you grew up around this ecosystem. What did you do for schooling then? I, I saw that you also golfed yourself. Um, what were your aspirations going into college, Boise State then? What was that like for mm-hmm. yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of knew what it took to be on tour. Mm-hmm. I, I knew I was a good golfer, but uh, I knew I wasn't on the level of, of being a tour player. So I really never had aspirations to try and play on tour. And also, it's kind of hard from a, a family life. Being on tour, being on the road all the time is is a tough tough deal as well. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, I knew I loved the golf business. I knew I knew a lot about it. And uh, I kind of jumped outside the family business, touched in a lot of different areas uh, after college, you know, in different aspects around the golf industry, but always around the golf industry. And then uh, I kind of circled back um, to the company over the last couple of years, really, um, and taking it over. And I, I've run some other uh, golf companies over the last 10 years as well. So, mm-hmm. I've always been in this industry, but my my heart and my uh, uh, feelings were always towards Henry Griffiths because it was my dad's company that he started, and yeah, and most of the people that we have involved, whether it's working here or our teachers and fitters, are, are very much like family to me. We, I mean, mm. uh, everybody's been with us for twenty plus years for the most part, so it's wow. a it's a very interesting company. You know, in the golf business, you don't get that family feel where everybody's kind of looking out for each other. And, and we really have that uh, yeah. here. It's incredible. So following college, then um, I'm curious, your own career path, you didn't go directly into Henry Griffiths at this time. Did you, did you end up working at other jobs? What was that trajectory? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, you know, like everybody, when you're young, I was out uh, just chasing a good time for a while. And I was down in Arizona living down there. I, I did everything from, uh, what was I doing? Um, mortgage broker for a little while and then i kind of got into um, some of the high-end area of golf with us working for a group called discovery land mm. doing doing some stuff there and kind of touched in different areas of golf to see if something had more interest to me and um you know it's funny because the golf world's very small uh, yeah. i mean it spans pretty wide but it's pretty small so you seem to six degrees of separation to everybody um and then my sister uh, married somebody from the golf business, from a whole different side of the golf business. Wow. And, you know, and now we're business partners on everything we do, too. So, uh, you know, he's from the golf design business. So anyway, like, it's just kind of been wow. fun to see all aspects of golf. Um, uh, some years ago, a couple of years ago, I was running a company called About Golf, which is a mm-hmm. golf simulator company. And and that's really on the tech side of golf. And, and that's that's a whole different world than golf clubs itself yeah um so anyway it's just kind of been all over touching lots of different aspects within golf but um i've always kind of had been doing something with h with Henry griffiths i call it hg a lot of us call it hg but yeah uh, i've always been still in some way involved but i'm definitely uh old feet in right now hey before we continue i want to call out something as someone who revolves around audio sound quality is very important to me As I edit this episode, for example, I want to make sure that you guys hear the best sound quality possible. Right now, I'm using the Tivoli Audio 
music home system to really listen to the audio, listen to the episode back over, and making sure that the quality between myself and Randall is matched. So whether for your home entertainment system, you use it for music, whatever that might look like, Tivoli Audio offers an amazing array of products that not only sound great, but look aesthetic. The one I'm using right now has that very retro look. It looks like it belongs in the 1980s while also having amazing amenities such as Bluetooth features. So whether looking for a speaker for your new space or for your TV, I highly recommend Tivoli Audio and make sure to check them out at TivoliAudio.com and make sure to check them out at the link in this description. So yeah, what was that point when you realized that you, you wanted to join Henry Griffiths then full time? I, I saw it was around 2007. Um, you became president. So when did this time frame come and what led you back to full time at Henry Griffiths? Um, you know, life happens, travel when you when you decide you don't want to travel as much and, and be more home. Uh, Idaho has always been home for me. And, yeah. um, you know, being home with I have a I have a three year old now and mm. uh, another one on the way. So oh, I'm trying to travel less, not more. Yeah. Uh, spend more time with them. Um, when I was doing the tech company, I was traveling three weeks out every month. Uh, um, yeah. That wasn't really sustainable with uh, little kids, but also just, you know, I know, I know so much about this part of the business. It's very, it's very easy for me to, to really be passionate about what I'm doing, love what I'm doing, love the people I work with and love our, our teachers and fitters that we have out there. So yeah. we were able to get, real results for people and and we're we're very unique in terms of how we do things i mean yeah it's one at a time every time so it's it's not a a a model that you really look to scale it huge it's more of a model that we know we're doing things the right way people are getting great results Mm -hmm. and we have raving fans from it so our customers you know we're not in the business to try to sell them a new set of golf clubs every year uh yeah you know, in fact, if they have to get another set of Henry Griffiths clubs the next year, something went wrong in that fitting. Um, yeah. They shouldn't need them for probably 10 years unless they're looking to buy another set for a different location or something like that. Yeah. And 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 that's what we see a lot of. We see people who have our sets for 10, 15 years and they go, hey, I s- still love this set. I just want to either get a, one very similar to it or, um, you know, I've aged a little bit. Can we just make some tweaks here and we'll, you know, we send them to our, our fitters out there to take a look at them and see what tweaks need, uh, maybe needed. But, mm. you know, really that's what it's about is, is solving people and making them better golfers. And, you yeah. know, our job is as a club manufacturer or as a teacher is that they don't need us. You know, if we do our job right, they yeah. shouldn't need us. Their golf game's better. They're hitting it better. They don't need lessons. They don't need clubs because those issues have been solved. Certainly. So that's ultimately always the goal, which is, is, kind of the opposite in business is you're not trying to get rid of your customers, but in some yeah. ways we are. Absolutely. So to the listeners out there, just from a customer point of view, say someone wants to go get a pair of Henry Griffith's uh, set of clubs. What does that process look like? Especially, so you go to the fitting process, then manufactured. Can you kind of walk us through that? That Especially that differs from existing manufacturers out there today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, happy to do it. I mean, our, 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 our teacher fitter locations kind of span all over and and each location is not necessarily the same what's the same is that um they've been certified uh a henry griffiths uh teacher and we say teacher fitter so mm-hmm. the biggest 
distinguishing factor between Henry Griffiths is we think teaching and fitting go hand in hand. Mm. So the same person that's giving you lessons should be the person that is fitting you for golf clubs because they know where they're trying to take your golf game. And so it's very important for us to say uh, that person needs to understand both aspects of the golf swing and the clubs and how we have, we have a phrase, we say equipment affects motion, how that equipment affects the motion they're making, because you can either fit somebody and condemn them to the golfer they are, or you can fit somebody and fit them to the golfer they can become. And we like to fit them to the golfer be- that they can become. So it's sometimes making things completely different than what they would get fit anywhere else. And, mm-hmm. and nine times out of 10, it really is that way. Yeah. For us, our fits are going to look completely different than what a fit would look like other places. Because really, they're, you know, and it makes sense with the different business models. They're doing exactly what they should be doing. Um, yeah. If I'm not going to see somebody, I can't really um, make these major changes in their golf equipment and their golf swing. But if I'm going to see them again and kind of it's a relationship when we get a set of golf clubs, that's yeah. why we have a 100 day fit warranty on our golf clubs is because we want their swing to change with the equipment. We're putting equipment in their hand that's going to strengthen their swing. So we always yeah. say weaken the club and strengthen the swing. Mm. Um, but if I'm only going to see that person once, all I can really do is kind of tweak here and there and say, okay, here's a little bit better combination for you. You're going to get a little bit tighter dispersion. You're going to get a little bit more distance. That's not what we do. We're trying to make game changing, um, equipment changes, but swing changes at the same time. So we just want to balance motion and get them in a strong position. Yeah. Um, we don't teach a teaching style. We just are trying to get people into a stronger motion, which equipment allows you to do that. Mm -hmm. So. That's really the difference. And then, you know, when somebody goes and gets fit, um, they'll get fit with the, the, uh, teacher. The clothes will be shipped out about five days after that fit. Wow. And then we'll have a follow up fitting when the clubs arrive, show them how the clubs are working, make sure they're working well for them, but also go over those things that we did in the swing and how those clubs are set up to, to make that work. And then sometimes that's one follow up fitting, sometimes that's multiple, but, Mm it's really a relationship. And then we have all the specs on every customer that's ever come through. So you could say, I got fit back in 1983 by blah, blah, blah. And I could pull up how many ounces of glue are in the head, how many wraps of tape were on this, on the grips. I mean, any detail you might want, we have records from 1983 to now on every single customer we've ever had. Wow. That's incredible. I'm, I'm curious. Um, golf is a universal game, but can you depict, especially from some of that, data your main demographic what that might be what yeah i mean it's kind of funny because the demographic for us changes depending on the on the fitter and the location that they're in interesting so um you know we have some teachers that work with only elite golfers we have other player uh, other teachers that work with juniors or maybe beginners so it the demographic really changes based on the on the teacher that's that's working with and the person that's fitting it Mm -hmm. um but we have product offerings that are going to fit any any type golfer um you know we we want to make sure that we're outside the box not inside the box um and you're only able to do that when you're a smaller company like we are so yeah you know we probably sell more outside the box products than than we sell inside the box products because if Mm -hmm. you're going to just get something that you can go get anywhere there's a lot to choose from but when you're getting outside the norms whether it be loft, line, flex, weight, whatever it might be. That's really where we sell the most of our stuff is in mm. the flexibility of the products itself. Certainly. 
So overall, what would you say uh, marketing-wise, getting into that? I'm curious. I'm sure this evolved over time, and especially in the golfing world, it's probably reliant a lot on kind of the players out there themselves. What what works well for you guys today? I'm curious, and marketing-wise. I mean, the thing that works for well for us is is word of mouth, to yeah. tell you the truth. Like, um, I mean, social media and those things have changed, changed the landscapes considerably, but uh, traditional marketing has never really worked for us. Um, yeah. We used to do those, you know, full page ads and all the golf magazines and that never really was, it's not what we do anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, or one at a time product, one at a time experience. It's really an experience when you go get fit and then that person has a great fitting, they're getting mm -hmm. great results. They go tell their friends and, and it's, and then it's all around where we have a, a certified teacher really too. So, yeah. And that changes as, you know, 40 years, we have lots of different changes that happen. So some, regions are like oh man we don't have anybody anywhere near that region or yeah. we gotta we gotta get somebody else there because somebody's retired now um mm. but again we're always about quality not quantity we're not looking to add 100 locations a year we're looking just let's i mean we get we get inquiries all the time about adding adding henry griffiths to a location but we really mm. are looking for one or two in a big area cover yeah. that and it's just about quality not about quantity it's about people that want to do it a little bit slower way uh, but certainly what they feel is the right way and getting results for their golfers hey i hope you guys are enjoying this episode so far around randall's entrepreneurial journey i'd like to pause and say thank you to this episode's mid-break sponsor brick and lou are you searching for timeless furniture and decor to create a beautiful home for you and your family look no further than brick and lou an e-commerce home furnishing line founded by interior designer bria hamill Designed for families, entertainers, and those who live life to the fullest. What's really exciting is Bria is going to actually share her story on starting small here in a couple weeks. And as someone who is in that home development stage right now, I'm blown away with the quality of their products and aesthetics to make my home really pop. No matter how many kids, pets, or guests you have, Brick and Lou's trademark life-friendly pieces are designed to withstand life's messes without having to sacrifice style. So make sure to get 15% off your first Brick and Lou order by using code STARTINGSMALL15 at checkout. And don't miss out on creating your dream home with Brick and Lou. Visit brookandlude.com or check out the link in this description, and that's code STARTINGSMALL15, and I hope you guys enjoyed the rest of the episode. Talking on innovation and kind of growth for Henry Griffiths, I'm curious, what is that process like when you're innovating a new club? I'm sure the golf game especially, as we see in drivers, changes all the time. So what does the innovation and R&D process look like behind the scenes at Henry Griffiths if a new club's introduced, for example? Yeah, so uh, again, that's something we look at differently. I think we don't come out with clubs just to come out with clubs, so... Yeah. Um, you know, and the bigger companies are going to come out with new product every year on replacing all the old ones. Yeah. We, we are always in the R and D process. And then if something that we're developing comes out, it's significantly better than what we currently have an offering. Um, or we feel like, oh, we're not hitting this gap or this area that we really think, um, our, our fitters are wanting, mm -hmm. then we'll look at focusing on that area. But really we don't come out with something unless it's significantly better. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been doing this a long time as far as how we do our testing and the R and D process itself. Everybody's really um, at the very limits of where legality will let you go within the USGA or RNA limits. Yeah. Um, so a lot of that, that it's 10 yards further this year is, a lot of marketing um yeah you know uh but that's the business we're in you got to sell new product every year Absolutely. um but but you know we've all kind of tapped out on that uh 
those factors probably 10, 15 years ago in terms of what you can actually do and still keep it within the rules. Um, now it's slight tweaks. How do you move weight here? How do you move weight there? How do you, how do you readjust this to make, you know, you're getting such incremental, uh, advantages. Um, but sometimes you come up with an idea or a theory that really is something different that gives yeah. people results they really want. And it might be focused at a certain demographic of golfer too. So, Certainly. um, you know, for us, that's how we do it. Yeah. You know, we might not come out with something for two years. Um, yeah. But it's because, you know, nothing has really come out that's better. And we're not trying to sell somebody something just to sell them something. Absolutely. It's got to be better. Certainly. Uh, looking at maybe like the the pro side, um, do you have any endorsements like outlasting right now? And I'm curious, I'm sure Henry Griffith, you said your, your father entered um, the league as well. So what kind of role does endorsements play with Henry Griffiths? And are you guys sponsoring athletes currently? And what does that look like? Yeah, so that's actually something that that we're quite proud of. We've actually never paid anybody to play our golf clubs. Um, we uh, we had about twenty five percent of all three tours playing our clubs through the nineties, um, hmm. and currently we don't really go after the PJ players at all. Our um, our focus is on the teaching professionals. So yeah, um, it's not our focus anymore to go try to get tour players playing our golf clubs. It's it's very expensive for a small company like we are and again for us it's not just about name recognition it's about the experience it's about the education it's about going through the fitting so it's never really paid off for us even when we were doing it and we had a lot of tour players playing our golf clubs yeah it really didn't change anything because it was all about the the teacher and the fitter that we have so Mm. our focus is on you know the golf pro that's down the street from you if he's a great teacher fitter We'd love to talk to those people. Those yeah. are who we focus our attention and time on. Certainly. Amazing. Well, looking into maybe like the next five years, I, I know you mentioned the R&D, only if it's necessary. Um, what does that look like? Scope, say, vertical-wise, more retail. What does that opportunity look like for Henry Griffiths, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's an interesting – there's a lot of different things that we're looking at all the time, but it's yeah. all all around how do we – how do we do a better job of giving somebody the right fit? How do we how do we make our stuff available to more people by still not wave or wandering away from our core values of what we do and how we do it? Um, yeah. So I think integration of tech, you know, innovation of fitting products itself, not necessarily just new golf heads, but fitting procedures, fitting products, fitting technology. That stuff is really um, something we're looking hard in and. Uh, you know, just just kind of growing one time, one uh, teacher at a time as well. So yep. always looking to add good regions and good teachers and fitters uh, throughout the world. Certainly. Well, I like to conclude each episode with this. Um, if you could share one piece of advice with an aspiring entrepreneur, maybe something you've learned, regret along the way, uh, what would that be? Oh, that's a great question. Um, man. I've learned so many things and made so many mistakes. It's uh, yeah. it's hard to narrow it down to just one. But uh, I guess the best thing that I could think of is, you know, ask a lot of questions and don't be don't be scared to to believe in yourself and and, and take a risk on stuff because you're going to be wrong more than you're right. Mm. But even if you're wrong, you're going to learn from that mistake and and make make a better decision in the future. So, um, you know, ask a lot of questions. People are very smart around you you know, put the right people around you too. Um, you know, the team is much stronger than you are and, and much smarter than you are. So mm-hmm. just put the right people around you. It makes your life easier. Amazing. Well, 
Randall, thank you so much for joining me. And to the listeners out there, make sure to check out Henry Griffiths at henry-griffiths.com. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow Starting Small on social platforms and make sure to subscribe to our email so you don't miss anything on Starting Small Summit, more podcast episodes, or our online blog. You can find that link in this description.